Welcome into another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you along for the weekend edition. A couple of things on today's show uh, from the game night, which has been preempted a couple of times during the uh, basketball season, which sometimes happens uh, when you do a nighttime show on a sports station. Sometimes sports wipes out your show. That does uh, happen from time to time, but uh, also now busy with basketball season doing the uh, Badgers postgame show as well as the Badgers pregame show on 97.3 The Game and WIBA in Madison. So we're taking care of that as well. But last night on the game night, had a chance to catch up with an old friend, my old morning show partner from the old Doug and Mike morning show on WSSP. This was on the game last night on Thursday night, Mike Wickett. And also we're talking some Badgers with Colton Bartholomew from the Wisconsin State Journal and Madison.com in the second half of the show. Hope you enjoy it. Wicket, what's going on? How are you tonight? Doug, I am doing well, my friend. Got two of the three kids down to bed. I just cracked a beer, so it is an honor to be on <laughs> Milwaukee once again. All right, so two out of the three kids. Is the oldest one the one that's the, the holdout? Because I know you got the twins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the one-year-old twins go down at seven, so we put them down a couple of minutes early to get them, you know, so they fall asleep by seven, and then the two-year-old is hanging out with the wife right now, so I can so I can join you. Oh, well, that's nice. Thank, tell Lee I said hello and thank you. I will. And how much anticipate? <laughs> how much? So how much anticipation? I mean, the biggest story of the day, I think, probably in the Wicked household, has to be the release of Taylor's version of Red, which is coming up tonight. That's got to be exciting for you guys. I mean, it's a big deal. Actually, we have a nanny that comes in the morning and stays till the afternoon, and she is the strange hybrid of the MCU fan and Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> and so last week when Eternals came out, she was out and she saw like the midnight show and came in all tired the next day. And we were talking and I like the movies too. And we were just chatting and said, well, I'm probably going to be tired again on Friday because the new Taylor Swift album comes out at midnight and I have to listen to it. I'm like, you have to, can't you just wake up at six or whatever, come here and make my kids listen to it? <laughs> It's, you know, it's an album that came out, you know, 10 years ago, but that's neither here nor there. Well, well yeah, it's remastered or something. Yeah, right? I don't know. Your wife works in music radio. Well, you work in music radio now, so. Yeah, we're not playing a lot of Taylor Swift on Laser 103.3. We're a little more Metallica and Godsmack than, than Taylor Swift. You know what? You should just drop one in and just see what happens. Uh, I work, My co-host is the music director, so I don't think that would fly. And she's more in charge than I, you know me, Doug. I'm not in charge of anything. So if I try to sneak anything in, I get busted. That's yeah, probably better that way. All right. So let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr. How much of, I guess, dis- how much disappointment are you feeling, if any at all? And what do you think his role could have possibly looked like the rest of this season in green and gold? Well, I, I'm disappointed, but I'm not crushed. I'm upset, but I'm not surprised. I think Packers fans, you know, legitimately looking at the way the organization is run, did you really expect Green Bay to roll out the red carpet for any free agent, much less a mid-season, mid-season free agent, much less this particular dude? Um, I wrote at uh, Wisconsin Sports Heroics online, uh, wisportsheroics.com, that this would have been – Bad Moon Rising from 96. Doug, you were around. And I was. He was decimated by injury. Robert Brooks busted his ACL. They needed a receiver. And, and Bad Moon came in and played very well in a you know, short amount of time. So when that the committee was a former Brown, I was like, wow, this is just rewriting itself. A malcontent, <laughs> a locker room cancer, a guy who people think has diminishing skills. What a perfect setup this would be. And it kind of just was like, cool, let's redo this and, you know, make a run to the Super Bowl. 
And then all these other teams started to get involved, and you knew that Green Bay probably wasn't going to get him, you know, if, if Odell was looking for a warm weather, not going to happen in Green Bay. If Odell was looking for a Hollywood lifestyle, if Odell was looking for this or that, Green Bay offered Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Matt LaFleur. And I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe. And then you find out at 2.45 today, you're like, okay, well, let me pick the L.A. Rams. So, you know, long, long answer, I was disappointed from the fact because I really wanted to see the Packers actually go all in and Packers fans would shut up about Brian Gutekunst, not going all in, even, you know, when Aaron Rodgers was talking about it. But to lose out on this particular player, I'm not terribly upset about losing out on Odell Beckham Jr., who I thought would have been a nice piece, maybe the second best wide receiver on the roster, but I'm, I'm not going to go to bed you know, thinking angry thoughts about the Packers brass tonight. All right. Well, see, here's the difference between Andre Risen and Odell Beckham Jr. They're just different people. Now, both of them, they do have some similarities beyond just the Cleveland connection. Odell Beckham Jr. is fresh off of just having this airport carousel full of baggage. And I don't know if that would play well in the Packers locker room. I know that this is a team that's just getting over the distraction of Aaron Rodgers, and we'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, you look at it, that's a distraction. This is a team that's... Yeah, but, hey, Doug, I was hoping for more of a circus. I thought, <laughs> what the hell else could happen? Let's just pour some Odell Beckham all over Aaron Rodgers' immunization press conference and his holdout and the drama and the Instagram and the last dance with Devontae. Just pour more on. Let's just see how tightly packed we can make this powder keg before we set it off. Come yeah. on, Doug. I, I understand. I mean, after all... Yeah, I've been immunized. Yeah, that that was a whole thing. That <laughs> we learned the, the difference between immunized and vaccinated. But look, with Odell Beckham Jr., I'm not disappointed because I don't think that... Does he still have something left in the tank? Yeah, probably, but he's got to be motivated. And we didn't see a whole lot of... Mo- I didn't see a whole lot of motivation in Cleveland, and especially on the way out the door when he's got his father doing his bidding for him, talking about how... You know, Baker Mayfield uh, hasn't been throwing the the proper passes to him or accurate passes to him. I mean, it's like, uh, who wants that much drama in their locker room, especially on a team that is expected? Now, the the NFC is a a team or a a conference that has a lot of contenders, and the Rams certainly are one of them. The Packers are one of them. Obviously, the Buccaneers are one of them. The Cardinals are one of them. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could wind up going to the Super Bowl from the NFC. And I think you've got to minimize distractions. I'm not disappointed at this at all. And I know they took a flyer on him. It's like, okay, I think that they've got guys that can pick up the slack for him without the baggage. You know, I, it would have, he would have fit in, in my mind, in the receiving core well, talent-wise. And, and you would suck as a receiver if you had Eli Manning, the back end of his career, throwing you passes, or Baker Mayfield, the beginning of his career, or even the current point of Baker. Baker Mayfield sucks. Uh, so, it was, I mean, he doesn't exactly have – he hasn't had a great quarterback throwing him the ball. What about Matthew Stafford? Yeah, what, now he's, he's got, got Stafford. Stafford now. He's, now he's got Stafford. But if he was unhappy with his target share, you know, how many balls were thrown his way in Cleveland behind or along with Donovan Peoples-Jones and whoever else plays for Cleveland, he's now third banana behind Robert Woods and Cooper Cup in that offense. Is he going to be okay with only having the ball thrown his way four times a game We'll we'll find out. He'll have fewer one-hoppers. I can promise you that. But from a Packers wide receiver standpoint, he would have fit in nice because I think with the injury to uh, Robert Tunyon, they're going to probably use Lazard in more of a a blocking mold and a blocking role. 
And that would have opened up more pass plays for someone like, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. We don't know the, the long-term health status of MVS. I think Equinemia St. Brown is a wasted roster spot. The guy is always a step behind, a drop ball, a this, a toe out. He's just never quite right. So they had an opening, I think, for a guy to make plays behind Devontae. This would have been it. And I know the locker room stuff bothers people, but I think if you get in a locker room with Aaron Rodgers and David Bakhtiari and Devontae Adams, you get in line real quick because this is you jump on that train to go to the NFC title game and maybe further. He's made a lot of money. We're talking about Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Wickett, joining us uh, here on the game night. He's already made a lot of money in his career. He's talked openly about, I don't need to necessarily make a lot of money. I could be happy anywhere. I could be happy in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Ultimately, as we all know, he chose Los Angeles. You went over the... Wait, Sheboygan, L.A., they're the same thing. I mean, it's the same place, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Sheboygan has its charm. They both have surfing. You know, one's in the summer, one's in the winter. One's on it's Lake the Michigan. Hollywood one. of the Midwest. That's what they call Nina. Like it's basically <laughs> the same thing. Why did he choose LA? What's what's the advantage of the Rams versus the Packers? Is it lifestyle? Is it city? Or is it he actually thinks that this is going to give him a better opportunity to win? Well, we haven't seen the contract yet. I can't imagine he's getting a lot more than the veterans minimum. Uh, because Green Bay was offering like half a million bucks and people were like that's not all in. Well, I don't know if Green Bay is all in was like, listen, you're going to come here. And uh, if you sign on, you're the number two, maybe the number three. Um, it's cold. Uh, we're going to need you to block for running backs. And I think Beckham heard all that and thought, I don't really like all of that, especially the cold weather part. He just got out of Cleveland. He was in New York. Now he goes to L.A. And the pitch may have been, all right, you're our number three guy, but we're going to throw, you the, we're going to throw 40 times a game. So you're going to get a lot of balls thrown your way. You're never going to have to see – uh, a snowflake fall because we play in Los Angeles, and I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like. But you're never you're going to be warm for most of the games that you play here. We're not going to ask you to block. Their offensive line is darn good. They do well with Daryl Henderson. They've got a good tight end, um, and our defense is stoked. You're the missing piece. Meanwhile, Green Bay probably wanted him to fall more in line and be a soldier. And I don't know if Odell Beckham wanted that. Well, they do get to play at Green Bay. In a couple of weeks. When is that? Can that's in a couple of weeks, right? It'll, it'll be chilly. It won't be Green Bay cold, but it'll be chilly. Yeah, it's uh, November twenty eighth. They also have to play at Baltimore on January second. That'll be a cold weather game too. Oh my God! That's one place I don't want to be. Baltimore <laughs> on January second. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get into. Yeah, I've been immunized. What the hell was that all about? That I mean. <laughs> what sucks about it? is that now Aaron Rodgers is political. Now, yes, of all the things... Right! The I've been trying to avoid politics on, on social media and everything. I've been, I've been doing my level best to try to avoid this nonsense, and yet, here's the quarterback sucking us right back in. Yeah, I've been immunized. He just brings everything... It was, it was the... I do a show here in Des Moines on our ESPN station on Fridays, and I'm, I go to a break, and I see people like Rob Domovsky and Tom Silverstein and everybody, and probably you too, Doug, tweeting out the words of Pat from, from him on Pat Matheson's show. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what is happening here? I was like, I can't, I can't turn this show on because McAfee swears on the show. Right. So I can't play any of it. I can't jump in and go live with it because it's a YouTube show. And I just thought this is – and every line kept getting worse. And, and, again, I don't care if you 
are pro-mask or you're pro-immunization or pro-vaccination or you're anti-mask, you think it's all a hoax, whatever that is, the bottom line comes to Rogers made everyone believe that he was vaccinated. He lied to everyone. He created a ruse. He created an illusion like Mysterio. He created this idea in your head, especially when he said, you know, back in August, those guys make their choice to not be vaccinated. That means I am, they are not. Um, and the ruse continues without the mask. And I don't care if he doesn't like the rule. The NFL set down the rule. And I think that... And so did the Players Association. That's the other thing that kills me. The Players Association... Right. They're the ones that signed off on it. And and to to thumb your nose at the NFL, to thumb your nose at the rules, hoping you would skate by, is just... It's infuriating because it's like... It's disrespectful to the organization. It's disrespectful to the shield. It's basically putting yourself above it. And then to have the Halloween party, Doug, to go to the Halloween party at that museum, knowing you're unvaccinated, knowing the rules are you're not supposed to be in groups bigger than three, it's just a, it's a big F-U, a big middle finger to authority and to think that you're above the law. And so when he, when he said, I, you know, I followed everything in the building except for the, the mask during press conferences because I think that's stupid, I don't care. Doug, when I'm on 43 – going 55 or whatever through the city, guess what? I think that's stupid, but I do it. (laughs) You have to do it when you're driving on the freeways. You know what? You get a ticket. The difference is a $65 ticket to me for speeding is a bigger deal than the slap on the wrist 14.5 that he got for, you know, the the Halloween party and the $300,000 fine the Packers got. What a joke of a sentence. But, I'm happy because he's going to play and there's no suspension. <laughs> right. Well, and in Aaron's defense, the John Wick costume was pretty dope. It was pretty cool. I agree, but put a mask on him. You know, the Packers, when they had, they're, you know, they're pulling the ruse over everybody's eyes by saying, let's have another stock sale. So a whole bunch of our other idiots can go out and buy $250 pieces of paper that allow them to do nothing. But you help contribute to the next, whatever upgrade they're going to make at Lambeau Field, right? So when they did this 10 years ago in 2011, the stock sale generated $67 million. 300000 bucks. Are you kidding me, Doug? What a weak-ass uh, penalty to put on this, because you know it's not going to be 250 when this next one comes out. They'll raise that price at 275 and they'll generate $80 million out of that for the next thing that Mark Murphy wants to put around the, the stadium. A statue of himself, perhaps. Who knows? But the $300,000 fine was weak. Again, Packers fans, I'm thrilled that he's not suspended. They didn't take away draft picks. I'm cool with the slap on the wrist while wearing my Packers hoodie and my Charles Woodson jersey, but it's a weak penalty. Uh, I know you're a big college football fan as well. I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, pick your brain about the Badgers. Do you think they're for real? They've won five in a row. No, I don't think they're for real. I think they're fodder for whoever comes out of the East. Um, losing their running back today to the knee injury, that news that came down, yeah, that really sucked. That just stinks. Um, it, it, it comes back down to the same problem that the Badgers have had, well, Doug, probably most of your entire life, <laughs> one year of Russell Wilson, is they have mediocre to bad quarterback play for, the, for most of your life, um, other than the Wilson year. 
it's just frustrating that Graham Mertz hasn't gotten any better since that first game against Illinois. Scott Tolzien was okay. He was okay. He wasn't terrible. Brooks That's Bollinger was bar, okay. Doug. The Tolzien line. It's sure. like the Mendoza line. I know. My team doesn't have Tom Brady, who couldn't you know I mean, crack the starting lineup on a regular basis when he was at my school. I'm, I'm just saying that the, the Badgers will never really be a serious contender in the Big Ten, other than getting to the West or winning the West and getting to the Big Ten championship until they find a quarterback. Mertz cost them games earlier this year, um, specifically the Penn State game, early, first game of the year. It's like, what is going mean, to the, the fumbles, the interceptions, the bad decisions? And I know he makes plays with his legs, but until Wisconsin can find themselves a great quarterback, not just a good quarterback, a great quarterback, they're just going to win their nine ten games so every single year, they'll pull off an upset against an LSU or somebody they're not supposed to be. They'll lose to an Iowa. They'll lose to a you know an Illinois or a Northwestern or a Penn State, somebody in the middle there. And then they'll be uh, you know rolling into Indianapolis for the Big Ten title game and lose to Ohio State by forty. Wash, yeah. rinse, repeat. Yeah, we've seen that a couple times, unfortunately. Uh, why <laughs> no. does Devontae Adams keep getting cut in our in our guillotine league that you and I are in together? I don't know, and uh, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, this week it made sense because Jordan Love was the quarterback, and Love and, and Devontae have zero chemistry. He's been cut like Devontae together. Adams has been cut in our guillotine league like seven out of the last eight weeks. <laughs> it's nuts to see that he's still up for auction. I put a modest bid, but I feel like Devontae just might be cursed. I don't think you want him on your fantasy team this year. In, in our format, I think uh, in a redraft format you would, but in our guillotine league, if you're if you're the low man, you're out, and then your roster becomes free agents. And Devontae has seriously been cut five times this year. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm still in it. You're still in it. So you know, we're I, hey, shockingly, it's November and we're still alive. So yeah, I, I don't. I mean, this can't last forever. <laughs> no, it cannot. Uh, Mike Wicket joining us here on the game night. Uh, where can people find you? Because I know that people still. I uh, want to listen to you and still want to read your stuff. You know, Doug, I did a podcast today. I got done with it, and half of the podcast for Wisconsin Sports Heroics online, WISportsHeroics.com. You know how this is, Doug. I did the podcast. I was done at 245. I hit upload. At 250, I saw a tweet that Adam Schefter left an interview in Boston on a radio station for news, and I thought, oh, you boy. son of a bee, this, this is it. Half my podcast that I did today is useless because it talks about OBJ and the Packers having to wait till Monday. But if you want to listen to me calmly talk about Jordan Love, follow me on Twitter at Mike Wicket. If you want to hear me break down his actual game and what it meant for his future against Kansas City, online, WISportsHeroics.com. Well, you can take this portion of it if you'd like and podcast it. I'll put it up on my podcast later. If you want to, if you want to pilfer it and put it on yours, knock yourself out. It's the difference between radio and podcasting. If right now news broke, Doug, you would spend the next however long is left in your show talking about the news. I got done at, two, at 3 o'clock. I'd take care of the babies, and I'm thinking, my podcast is now busted until I go back and fix it. <laughs> so I was just, I wasted two hours of my day today. I was so pissed off. I couldn't believe it. But follow me on Twitter at Mike Wicket and online, WISportsHeroics.com. All right. Next time you're in town, come on into the studio, okay? I need to get back to Milwaukee. I will. Can your wife babysit three babies? Hmm. Well, we don't have any, as you know. So I know. So perfect. You have room. <laughs> Th- that's true. We can just drop them off over at Hammy's place. I mean, you know. 
I'm fine with that, man. I'll do I that would too. Love to. They're, they're just down the street. So much. I, I I miss that city so much, man. But I, I'm glad I can still talk about the teams a little bit when I can. But I need to get back sometime. Maybe not for the next six months, but maybe in the summertime. Okay. All right. Let me know, and and we'll bring you in the studio. Okay. Great. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, Wicket. Anytime, Doug. What's your frequency can at the show? Been so Game night rolls on on this Thursday night. Glad to have you along for the ride. Doug Russell with you for just a few more minutes. Wanted to talk some Badgers football before we closed up shop. Uh, as a major injury, season-ending injury, but not necessarily surprising season-ending injury, was announced earlier today by Badgers head football coach Paul Chris Chesmalusi out for the rest of the season. Joining us on the program to help us dissect this and all things Badgers football, uh, he is the football beat reporter for the Wisconsin State Journal and Madison.com. We welcome in Colton Bartholomew to the proceedings. Colton, appreciate the time. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, Doug. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, I guess it's not surprising. I mean, I thought the big surprise might have been on Monday when we were, I guess, a little bit taken aback by Chesma Lucy being listed as questionable on the preliminary uh, injury report for the week. But no real surprise that he's out for the rest of the, uh, of the season, as announced by Coach Paul Christ earlier today, as I mentioned. How much of a blow is this to the Wisconsin offense when all is said and done? Yeah, it's really tough, in all honesty, because of, you know, all of the events of this season, you know, it's not just isolated to the fact that Ches Malusi was playing well and, you know, the Badgers leading tailback going into this week. It has to do, you know, it connects back to Jalen Berger getting dismissed and Isaac Garendo having a season ending injury already. And then two other running backs already being dismissed from the program. So it's, it all kind of comes together. And when, when Jalen Berger was dismissed and then in the same weekend, Isaac Garendo goes down with that, that injury. It really did put the running back position at, okay, we have Ches Malusi, what Braylon Allen is emerging into, and then behind them, nothing else proven. And, you know, some of these unproven guys are going to have to step up and, you know, become that number two guy with Braylon Allen. And, you know, it's, it's not a perfect situation for a team that needs to run the ball to succeed, but, I think we're going to see a lot more Braylon Allen. I think his numbers are going to get up in that 22, 25 carry range, and then they got to spread out the other 10 to 15 carries between these other guys. So it's a big blow, but I, I think that they have enough to get by with it. Certainly not something that they would want to go through a whole season, but I think what they have left on the schedule, they'll be able to get by and still win the West. But yeah, it's a big blow for this offense. How much do you think that they could possibly, over the course of the last three games of the regular season, spread it out a little bit more? We saw that against Rutgers maybe just a little bit more than we had the rest of the season. And I don't know if that was a product of the fact that the game was out of hand relatively early on. But could Danny Davis see more touches out of this? Could Jake Ferguson potentially see more touches out of this? Shimmery DK, et cetera. Yeah, you know, you would think so. I think we're we're starting to see Graham Mertz kind of find his stride in the sense of, understanding the timing of a play when he needs to get the ball out of his hand and where he needs to find his receivers. And I think outside of the interception on the first uh, drive last week at Rutgers, Mertz probably had his best day as the Badgers quarterback besides that opener against Illinois last season, just in terms of timing and throwing in rhythm and throwing it with, with accuracy. So if they can continue to get that out of a guy like Graham Mertz, They've got the weapons on the outside, and I know people like to, you know, bang on Paul Christ and the passing game for not being creative or not being inventive. 
and the, the, there are some legitimate, you know, criticisms we had there, but receivers are getting open in this offense. It's just throughout the season, Mertz has been off and on getting the ball to him. I think with the rhythm that he's in right now, that's going to be a little bit more consistent. They'll be able to get some more plays like that. And, you know, one of the things that's been a common theme for this this program and this roster of receivers is just not creating yards after catch. And then obviously we saw that with uh, prior and then obviously uh, Danny Davis doing that last week with a big play touchdown. So if those things can happen a little more consistently, that's going to help them absorb this loss of Chesman Luzzi a lot better. At what point, Colton, as we're joined by Colton Bartholomew, Badgers football beat reporter for the Wisconsin State Journal here on the game night, at what point did you kind of get it in your mind that it, it it clicked for Braylon Allen that despite his age, only 17, not going to be 18 until January, that he was a legitimate Big Ten back? Yeah, it's interesting because talking with players and talking with Braylon Allen, I mean, we saw the the the, the raw physical gifts in, in training camp at times, and the he would be rotating in with that second group of running backs behind Maluzzi, behind Isaac Arendo. Um, you know, so you would see him mostly against the second team defense, but he, you could tell that when he knew where he was supposed to go and he knew kind of the, the design of the play uh, of the running play, he could attack the hole, get to it, turn on the speed and then use his strength to run through tackles. And I think he just needed to, you know, deepen that that well of running plays that he was comfortable doing that on and I think that took some time in the season and getting those practice reps during the week kind of reading what a game plan is because I think that's something that we don't give enough credit to when you're in training camp is you're preparing for the whole season in training camp right like you have everything on your plate you could run anything at any time and then when you get into a game you start game playing for that specific opponent and you know your menu condenses down to hey here's the five to ten rushing concepts that we feel like are going to work the best and they can kind of hammer those in and I think once Braylon Allen started to get down to those each week he's really able to study them better and know what he's doing better so I think that all kind of combined with him finally getting on the field against Illinois and having some success to get him to a point where they're they're comfortable with him being the lead back now. I know that players and coaches will always say we're just concentrating on the game in front of us. It's all the, you know, this is Northwestern week. We only want to talk about Northwestern. I get that. But, so I'll ask you instead. A couple of weeks from now, three weeks from now, the Badgers taking on Minnesota. It looks like a collision course for the division championship. A collision course, the winner would wind up going to Indianapolis in the Big Ten championship game. Hopefully not to be, you know, mincemeat for the Ohio State Buckeyes once again. But, how surprised... And how alarmed do you think Minnesota should be after their loss against Illinois last week, in your opinion? Uh, very. Uh, that was, honestly, I think one of the worst performances that they've had under Fleck. Uh, just in terms of the the opponent they had, the fact that they were at home. And, you know, we, we were, we've been talking about the, the issues at running back for the Badgers. I mean, Minnesota was is down to, their, I think, their fifth or uh, sixth running back uh, from where they started this season in terms of injury and some transfers as well. So, I know they're going through some of the same things that Wisconsin is. I think you just have to, if you're in that situation, you're in a dogfight, you have to figure out a way to get Tanner Morgan to win you that game because that's an experienced quarterback. This is his third year starting there and in that system that didn't change all that much with the changes they've had at offensive coordinator. So I think that was a pretty alarming loss for them. They played pretty well defensively, and I think that's kind of what they're 
you know, hanging their hat on a little bit more this year after all the injuries that they've had on the offense. But that's still a game where Illinois is just not as talented as you are, and they're on the road. You've got to find a way to win that. So, you know, we'll see what happens this week with Iowa with them. That There might have been a factor of they were looking ahead to Iowa. They're human beings. Everybody has those trap games every year. But we'll see how they look this weekend against Iowa, and that's, I feel like, going to determine uh, how big that or how – realistic that game is going to be at the end of the year that could be uh you know a tight one yeah and the badgers the next two weeks they've got two teams that have a combined two wins in big 10 conference play this season in northwestern and nebraska both coached by alums like wisconsin is with paul christ but uh, i don't think that pat fitzgerald is going anywhere scott frost with the restructured contract man i thought it i saw it going differently at, at nebraska when scott frost took over the cornhuskers program I, I know this is the last question that I'll have time for you before we run out of time for the show. What the hell has happened in Lincoln under Scott Frost? <laughs> it's strange, man. I, I think, honestly, what he wants to do offensively and what he knows how to coach well offensively only works if you have the superior athletes on the field. And you're not you're just not going to have them at Nebraska uh, like compared to the rest of the Big Ten. It's just not that way anymore. Like You talk about the legacy of Nebraska and how that helps in recruiting. Like, Nobody, none of the, these high school kids were alive when Nebraska was good. You know, you, you got to start like realizing that they've got to get into a offensive scenario that is not reliant on having the best athletes because they're not going to. So I think they've got to change their perception of what they want to be on offense. Um, and then it's crazy because they tra- they they are so active in the transfer portal and they get all these guys that are coveted transfers and then they just end up not being all that good when they get to Nebraska. So they've got to get that turned around to, to turn the program around, in all honesty. Yeah, no doubt about that. Colton Bartholomew, uh, he is the outstanding Badgers beat, uh, beat football beat reporter for the Wisconsin State Journal. You can also catch him online at madison.com. Follow him on Twitter, as I do. You should, too. Seabart WSJ, at Seabart WSJ for Colton Bartholomew. Colton, as always, I appreciate the time and the insights. We'll see you on Saturday. Yeah, anytime, Doug. All right, appreciate it. There he goes, Colton Bartholomew from the Wisconsin State Journal. That'll do it for us. Thanks to Colton Bartholomew. Thanks to Mike Wickett. Most importantly, thanks to you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the game night. Closing time. All right, thanks for joining us here on the Doug Russell Podcast. We'll see you next time. Have a great weekend.